As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Welcome to this week's episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. I get the distinct pleasure to be in the studio today with Dr. Dean Lewis of the University of Cincinnati's Carl H. Linder College of Business, and with Jax Fitzgerald, a graduate student at the University of Cincinnati, the founder of the Warren Bennis Leadership Conference, as well as the Bold Programs Director of the Leadership Council for Nonprofits. I want to thank both of you for being here today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Pleasure. So one of the topics that we wanted to discuss today was your upcoming leadership conference and how it weaves into academics, how it weaves into the culture of learning, as well as the Warren Bennis leadership experiences, the legacy that this has created for our community and the type of speakers and leaders that you bring in for the students and leaders who attend the conference. So Jack, can you share with our listeners a little bit about the Warren Bennis Leadership Experience? Definitely. So the the Warren Bennis Leadership Experience really started back in high school for me when I arrived late coming home from a get-together with some friends and my dad had given me a copy of Warren's seminal work called On Becoming a Leader. And I was doing some reflecting, preparing for the podcast today, and I was thinking about that reading, reading at that time in my life, and what stuck with me when I was going through the book for the first time. And today what came to mind was being impressed by how many people that he interviewed for the book. And that's a theme really throughout his work are his interviews and the wisdom that he extracts from meeting and interviewing these leaders. And the one story in particular that struck me today was the story of the Tylenol issue and the Tylenol recall. And the leader of Tylenol at that time had to make the decision, even though it was a small amount of the supply of the Tylenol, they still decided to do a nationwide recall, which ended up in loss of billions of dollars for that company. But um, still, the leaders could not live with the idea of there still being that possibility, even though it was a small percentage, that someone could be harmed by that small percentage of the supply chain that had been affected. So in high school, I was reading Warren Bennis as a result of this punishment and didn't think much of it at the time. Ended up taking the book with me to college. So I started as a freshman at the University of Cincinnati in the fall of 2013 and got involved with an organization called TEDx U Cincinnati and ended up on their executive board my sophomore and junior year and was tasked with putting together a leadership development program for freshmen to help them discover their passion and what it was that they wanted to do while at the university. And we took Warren's book that I brought with me to college on becoming a leader and we based every week of this semester-long program on the chapters on becoming a leader. 
And the more that I used the book for this program and read more on Warren's work, I discovered that there was this unique connection to the University of Cincinnati and there might just be a possibility that we could elevate this work and really showcase the connection that Warren had to the university. So fast forward to my senior year, we had put together a team of administration, faculty, students who were all working to put together essentially an experience that would harness and galvanize the legacy and the leadership lessons of Warren Bennis. And so we started in 2017, and this is our third experience that we're coming up on this spring. And for those of our listeners who have tuned in throughout the 99 episodes, you will remember Jack Fitzgerald, who came on in 2018 to discuss the Warren Bennis leadership experience of that year. So it's great to have you back, and thank you for being a partner with us as we bring leadership content and impact to our listeners who care about their legacy and who think about life beyond their own immediate worlds. Marianne, can you share a little bit from the University of Cincinnati's Linder College of Business perspective as to what this organization and effort means to and why the university has leaned in and kind of helped live the legacy beyond Warren Bennis? Certainly, and again, it's a pleasure to be here today. I started actually as dean of the college only this past July, and I was thrilled to learn about the Warren Bennis leadership experience. I'm actually a professor and researcher of leadership myself, and knowing that Warren Bennis was the former president of our university and is truly the founder of leadership research in many ways, at least putting it on the map as a scholarly area, Give us a tremendous opportunity. And, you know, in a business school, if you're not developing leaders, you're not doing your job. That's one of our critical pieces. And obviously, leadership isn't only in business, but for business schools, we always must be thinking about the rising leader. I think something stuck with me in reading Warren's work and now knowing more of the people that he mentored, both at the university and well beyond. What strikes me as very special about Bennis is that he was always focused on the rising leader. He realized that leadership development, leadership learning is a journey, and it starts very young, and it continues throughout your life. And at a university, when we think about our students, from our undergraduates to our graduates to our doctoral students, we have a very special responsibility to help them develop as leaders. And I think this experience is a remarkable opportunity to leverage that. And in terms of the typical attendee, who do we see in the audience as the typical attendee at the Warren Bennis Leadership Experience? Jack, can you share with us who your target market is? Our target market, Mike, is anyone that is in that process of becoming and really as it is a student-led faculty-advised initiative internal to the University of Cincinnati. We're doing a lot of marketing on campus to other student groups. So the student team currently is in preparation for the April uh, spring 2020 event, meeting with a variety of student groups on campus, personally inviting them to attend. And then we're working closely as a team with our alumni association to cast that opportunity to attend to our network of alumni. So we're seeing a lot of students attend, a lot of alumni attend, 
And then, as I mentioned, it's a faculty advised initiative. So we're seeing faculty attend as well as staff and some professionals from the community. So there's a wide range of attendees, Mike, but we're seeing a heavy focus right now of attendees from the university. And Marianne, you mentioned that Warren Bennis is kind of one of the founding fathers and researchers around leadership. Can you share with us a little bit more about that for our audience and those tuning in? Well, certainly. So Warren studied leadership both in his academic career and then himself as a professor, studying leadership by interviewing leaders across contexts. He did so in what resulted in over 30 books, let alone countless articles on leadership. But I think for me and for many of us, certainly those that he mentored and that often speak at the Warren Bennis Leadership Experience, it was that he was also a practitioner of leadership. He did so as the university president at the University of Cincinnati, but also in his work with leaders from government, from business, from social and public enterprises. And he was a master at pulling together the insights that he would learn from these various leaders and their varied roles and his own experience to dive more deeply, not just into what is great leadership, but I think more importantly, how does it develop? And how do you purposely learn as a leader over the journey? That's outstanding. And the culture of learning and equipping and providing, that's really been his, with 30 books that have been written on this topic, have really been a major part of the legacy that his life has lived. And also, as I understand it, Jack, can you speak to the type of leaders that have come into the University of Cincinnati over the last three years? Because I think that was... I mean, it kind of blew me away the first time you and I met when I'm hearing who's flying in to be a part of this, that have all, Marianne, as you mentioned, have all Mm -hmm. been coached or impacted directly by or mentored by Warren Bennis himself. One of my favorite sayings that Warren has gifted us with is this idea of generous company. And he actually said that he wanted that to be on his epitaph. He wanted to be remembered as having been generous company. And there's a a quote, even building off of that further, he said, the pages of my books will yellow, but the relationships with people will endure. And we have definitely seen that over the course of the three years with the Warren Bennis Leadership Experience. Our first year, we had Howard Schultz the former CEO and chairman of the Starbucks Coffee Company. He came simply because a group of students impacted by Warren's work at the University of Cincinnati reached out to him. And there's a neat story, actually, about one of our alums, Myron Ullman, who is the current chairman of Starbucks. He walked into Howard Schultz's office one day and saw Warren's book on Howard's desk. And Myron said, I worked for Warren when I was at the University of Cincinnati shortly after I graduated. What are you doing with Warren's book on your desk? And Howard said, it's been an integral part of the way in which I lead using Warren's work. In 2018, we had Doris Kearns Goodwin and David Gergen come. Doris Kearns Goodwin is an American presidential biographer, and her most recent book, Leadership in Turbulent Times, 
she really dug into some of the leadership research and I had a chance to speak with her at our experience in 2018 and she just shared how impacted she was by Warren's work and as she dug into the leadership research out there, she couldn't ignore him and the impact and the footprint he had on the field. And then David Gergen, CNN political commentator, he worked with Warren at the Harvard Center for Public Leadership at the Kennedy School. So they worked together to get some of the foundational building blocks together for really establishing that center at Harvard, which is one of the most known centers for leadership internationally. And then this year, we have Betsy Myers, who was the COO of Barack Obama's 2007-2008 presidential campaign. She's a leadership authority. She's written several books herself, and she was actually the executive director of that Center for Public Leadership at Harvard in 2003, and she met Warren when he was on the board there. And actually, Betsy's focus while she was at Harvard was around authentic leadership. Again, pointing back to Dean Lewis's comments around Warren's work in the space of self-reflection and self-knowledge. You know, here we're seeing again an example of Warren's influence on the Center for Public Leadership, his work with Betsy around authentic leadership. You know, this idea of authoring your own story that comes directly from Bennis's On Becoming a Leader. And then we have Tom Peters, who ironically, Tom was introduced to Warren's work as a graduate student, like myself, when he was an MBA student at Stanford. And Tom would go on to become a management expert. He's considered the Red Bull of management thinking. That's one of the popular coins around Tom's name. But Warren would go on to mentor Tom and his work, and they would go on to become lifelong friends and co-authors. So they will both be joining us for the 2020 leadership experience. And Marianne, I understand you are speaking as well as another very special guest, Kate Bennis. Can you speak to a little bit about how you hope to inspire the audience and also introduce Kate to our listeners as well? Certainly. Well, I'm honored to be on a stage with these remarkable individuals. My hope of being there is, yes, I too have been inspired by Warren's work. I never had the privilege of meeting him, but have long been an admirer and a scholar of his ideas, particularly around self-reflection and leadership development. But my role in being there is to really be more of an interviewer and leverage some of the insights of Betsy, Tom, and Kate, who I'll talk about in a minute, to discuss the power of leadership in education and how we, as in, in higher ed, can really make the most of students' experiences on and off campus, and then turning to the alumni and the professionals in the audience to help them think about their own continuing journey. Because sometimes we forget that we're always learning. We don't just have to be on campus to do so. Now, Kate comes into this with a particularly special role because she is Warren Bennis's daughter. She has lived his mentoring, certainly from the time she was born, and has her own work that she does on organizational and leadership development. So she brings both her history with Warren from a very personal stance, but also how it's influenced her 
in her thinking and her work. So with Kate, Tom, Betsy, and myself, we look forward to bringing four very much interconnected perspectives on leadership because we've all been influenced by Warren, along with our differences because we think about the work that we do in with particular contexts that are slightly different and in particular roles. Like if you look at a Betsy, whose work has been so much around women's leadership and entrepreneurship, you look more at Tom, who's focusing increasingly on tech and entrepreneurial efforts as well, but really also more the high-tech and humanistic, myself with higher ed, and then Betsy thinking more about organizational development and personal learning. So I'm really looking forward to a highly engaged conversation on stage and interacting with the audience. Wow. It sounds the energy from such activities and the What's so phenomenal about this one is where the inspiration comes from, that people have been so touched by the content of an individual leader, right? I think what a great, powerful thought for us that are tuning in today to really be thinking about of how are we creating an experience today that's equipping others to even have a remote desire to live in our legacy, right? When we're gone and pass, how do we create the culture around friendships. My understanding, Jack, from our last episode is that Warren Bennis was infamous for having friends to his house to create conversations and surrounding his dining room table and his living room with people to really get into these types of discussions around leadership and impact and legacy. And here we are many years later with all of these inspirational leaders to us, the audience that have been inspired by such person, such humans work. Jack, there's hopefully going to be many students listening to this because of the connection to the University of Cincinnati, but also those who say, wow, I wonder what the University of Cincinnati College of Business is doing, but are listening from the student's lens. And you've been in that student seat. What would you tell that student if they want to do something on their campus or at the University of Cincinnati to kind of lead boldly and step out and do the things that you did or that you would hope others would could become to bring out where they see an opportunity. You saw an opportunity and you didn't just say, boy, that would be really cool. You actually took it and made it a calling for your personal life. Two things come to mind, Mike. And the first is that pay attention to what interests you. So for me, that has always been history. And I remember presenting to the University of Cincinnati Board of Trustees in 2017 to invite all of them to attend the Warren Bettis Leadership Experience. And I talked about my interest in history and how Warren Bettis was a part of our history and my understanding of that and how I felt that that mattered to who we are as a university. And I used this line. I said, history shapes culture. And I asked them, I said, why do stories get repeated? And the Harvard Business Review has this beautiful quote. And they say that stories get repeated because it says something positive about the values that people and organizations want to preserve. And I really think that that is what we're doing, building off of some of Dean Lewis's comments, really. The Bennis stories the leadership lessons and his legacy, I believe, will help shape our culture at the University of Cincinnati as we move into our third century 
we just celebrated our 200th year as a university. So I would say pay attention to what you're interested in and follow that. And the second, I'll pull directly from my buddy Warren Bennis. He said, the point is not to become a leader. The point is to become yourself and to use yourself completely. All your gifts, skills, and energies to make your vision manifest. You must in some become the person you set out to become and enjoy the process. So I want to tell just a very brief story about my friend Trace. Trace was a freshman when I was a senior putting together the Warren Bennis Leadership Experience. And Trace and I got to know one another. He got to see some late nights with me. He saw me distracted in class answering emails, trying to put this together while I was trying to graduate. And Trace is now a senior at the University of Cincinnati, and he's followed our work. He's attended our experiences. And I brought Trace in to have a sit down with the current student team. And Trace told us about some of what he had been up to over the course of his college career. And when I first met Trace as a freshman, he was an intern at a foundation in Cincinnati. And now as a senior, He's taken on a full staff position with this foundation. And he was actually a part of some community organizing that was done. There's a body of land right next to the university called Burnett Woods. And there were two competing organizations to get that land, right? One was this foundation that Trace was working for, and the other was an organization that wanted to turn that land and those woods into a parking lot. And Trace's foundation that he works for, they wanted to turn it into a grounds where they could teach inner city urban youth how to be in nature and some skills on how to canoe and kayak and just really experience the outdoors, right? And so they were going to use the woods for educational purposes. And Trace was leading essentially that campaign to turn the woods into that educational ground. And he told me, Jack, I was going around on campus getting signatures and educating people on the importance of experiencing the outdoors. And one of the things that Trace was doing all the while was working with the University of Cincinnati to create an outdoor leadership certificate. So not only um, was Trace doing this organizing and ultimately work that would lead to that foundation getting that land, receiving Burnett Woods, but he was also helping to create an educational opportunity and certificate program for other students to have similar benefit that Trace has had through working with this foundation. So students can now get a certificate in outdoor experiential leadership education and this body of land right next to the university will be used as a training ground for helping inner city youth to learn how to be in the outdoors. So I think Trace is, for me, a great example of someone that has set out. He didn't necessarily set out to become a leader, but he's become himself, and he's used his gifts, his skills, his energies to become really the person that he was meant to be. And what a gift that is to our community. 
not just the University of Cincinnati community, but the greater Cincinnati community here. And I think that that story for me encapsulates and champions the ideas of Bennis and what we would hope for. I hope every student hears that. And I hope every student is inspired by um, that story because I think that encapsulates really the values. That's the story that I want to tell to help shape our culture at our university. So, Dean Lewis, that's a great stepping off point here for a couple of questions I'd love to be able to pose to you. From an academic sense, there are some universities around the country and world that are struggling connecting themselves to the world and the businesses that ultimately hire, inspire, or that the entrepreneurs that are coming through the academic programs end up creating. So what I just heard from the example, Jack, that you shared is that here's a program that was birthed from a student's vision. Dean Lewis, can you speak to that? How do you and the University of Cincinnati and the Leonard College of Business, how do you look for those opportunities or try to inspire those opportunities to come, not just from, call it tenured faculty, but from Mm -hmm. direct student engagement? If I can share a piece of my background is I was at the University of Cincinnati for 18 years and then did a Fulbright in London and ended up taking a dean's position in the heart of London for the last four. The reason I came back to UC is that any business school, in fact, I think any university worth its grain of salt is focused on experiential learning and making more of the connections between the real world and the theoretical world or the academic world. But something near and dear to my heart is that the approach that UC has is really built in its 100 plus years foundation of inventing cooperative education. And we talk about co-op quite a bit, but sometimes I think maybe we all take it a bit for granted. But the premise behind cooperative education is that we co-create learning through a combination of what's theory and academically in a classroom and what's experienced firsthand in what we call, quote unquote, the real world. And even more so through those professional experiences, working with employers on an ongoing basis. I mean, I had such a meeting even just last night to hear, what are you seeing? Are the students living up to your expectations? Are they pushing you in some ways? And working with those employers to push us in our research and our curriculum development so that the employers help us make sure that we're always pushing the envelope in terms of talent. And I think it's that iterative cycle that matters so much to us to make sure that the people who are teaching have to always be learning, just as the students are. And that interaction between theory and practice is absolutely critical. You know, and if I may, I think one of the reasons why Warren Bennis was hired as the president of UC, is that he so believed in that cooperative education model. One of my favorite tenets of Warren's work is about the power of crucible moments, he calls them. A crucible moment in Warren Bennis's term is that brutally challenging situation we can find ourselves in at any time. And it's in those moments of our greatest crises and or challenges that true learning and leadership development happens because it's where we find what we're really made of. And even when, if we don't necessarily navigate it as well as we could, whatever comes out of that crucible moment 
is something we can step back from, reflect on, and learn from. And so that point about how do we leverage experience and the academics and the reflection, it's those three elements together that make for a lifelong journey of leadership development. And that's something I hope we can all learn from. Yeah, I'd love the lived experience, education, social interactions. Thank you for sharing that. How do you inspire and enable faculty to continue their own learning journeys while they're in a position to be the expert to equip others? Mm -hmm. How do you, is it an attitude shift? Is it a perspective shift? How do you actually encourage your faculty to do that? It's a great question. I mean, I think there are several pieces. The first that is most critical to me, I believe, is the reason we're at a research one and R1 university is that research always pushes us as faculty to be learning. Now, I think a challenge with an R1 university is sometimes we can become arrogant as researchers. We can assume that as we research, it's our responsibility then to teach those in practice. I think at our best, though, we can be humble in that effort. Some of that humility happens through ongoing interactions in the field, ongoing interactions with the employers of our students to make sure that we're learning from them just as we're helping them learn, because that's the co-creation of knowledge. It's happening from both sides. As a dean and previously as a faculty member, I think it's just that push to make sure that we stay humble. Bennis always said that in his work is that self-awareness is absolutely critical and it can only happen through humility. And an awareness is what I like to refer to as the paradox of knowledge, that the more you know, the more you know you don't know. Mm. And so by working together with those in the field and those researching, I think we become better faculty and we can then help our students continuously learn, as well as our employers and our alumni. Boy, and I think it's a great point that employers who are listening to this episode and leaders who are listening to this episode can do the exact same thing, right, with our employees. So from the vantage point that you're equipping and learning and developing students, many are doing the same as it relates to the people who are looking to them for direction and growth and learning as well. So for those listening, I would encourage you to put some of this into your own direct practice. And if you happen to be listening to this where the University of Cincinnati is easily in commutable distance, I think you also heard that Howard Schultz flew here to attend this conference. So that is not beyond great leaders to fly in for the 2020 Warren Bennis Leadership Experience that's happening on April 1st. Jack, if you were to share with our listeners one thing that you hope attendees take away from the conference to really inspire us to show up and to listen and to learn. How are you hoping that conference leaves the audience and the attendees at the end of the experience? The student team and I were sitting around my kitchen table and we were talking about where we had been as an organization. And we looked back to our roots in 2017, which it's, it's hard to believe that was three years ago. And we had a theme in 2017 that was based on Warren's idea that leaders are made and not born. And we returned to that idea in 2020. And anyone on this process of becoming themselves is in the process of 
as Warren said, becoming a leader. We are always in the process of becoming. And for anyone to think that leadership is not for me or I could never be a leader, I want to point them in the direction of that tenet of Warren's work, that leaders are made, not born. And that ultimately is what we are celebrating and championing every year with the experience that you can engage in this process of becoming and that you can become a leader. I know that's one of the things that we share in the word becoming. So the process that the Talent Magnet Institute has created is a proprietary process called becoming a talent magnet. So you can't just become, you can't snap your finger and become a talent magnet. Becoming is an ever-evolving process that every day we have to learn, grow, and change to do more and more to create the experiences that we as leaders, employers, teachers, we are constantly developing. We are ever-evolving. The process of coming to something is becoming, right? To become almost feels as though, you know, you've arrived. And I love the fact that on becoming a leader defines you're always in the process of. You're always learning. We're always becoming more. Back to you can learn and grow to be a leader. You don't just show up one day and are one. So I know we talk a lot about that. People, individuals are like, you know, why isn't it become a talent magnet? Just tell us how to become. It's like, well, you can't. There's a process of evolving to learn and grow. And if we can get people to recognize that, they'll also put developing people and helping people. You know, we talk a lot about talent gaps. And if we would accept the fact, if you can hire for great chemistry, culture, and character, the competency piece of learning If you get the right people, you can equip them. And it's like one of the jokes that executive search firm uses. Oh, so it sounds like the only way you can find an A player is if they have worked with you for 30 years, right? But I thought you said you didn't have that person. Um, So we have to be open to the perspectives that people bring and also that we're equipping them to be better versions of themselves and the best team and best employees or best students that they can be for us. So I love the word becoming. I think it is so profound and so powerful. And just speaking to your point about lifelong learning, and Warren wrote an HBR, Harvard Business Review article, called The Seven Ages of a Leader, which is a play on Shakespeare, The Seven Ages of a Man. And just bringing that up to say, what better place than within a university setting where thousands of students are. I mean, at the University of Cincinnati, we have over 40,000 students. What better place to be talking about leaders and leadership development than within the context of a university? And frankly, that is where we need to start. We need to start younger. So just continuing to champion that idea and continuing to live our mission of bringing the leadership lessons and legacy of Bennis back to our community, that will continue to be our focus. Dean Lewis, can you share with us a similar question to Jack? What is the one thing that you hope our listeners will take away, both from how the Linder College of Business is incubating leadership talent, as well as the University of Cincinnati 
and what also you've learned in your research that you want our listeners to hear and to spend time and rest on to help themselves in their own leadership journeys? Mike, I would piggyback on what both you and Jack have said, because I mean, I think about Simon Sinek's most recent book, The Infinite Game, and that that is what leadership development is. It is an ongoing, never-ending journey that we're on. And yes, in a university, the beauty is we can be talking to very young students who are early in that journey, but it's so important to be talking to even the most senior of professionals that it doesn't have an end and that we continue to work in this regard. So my research is focused on organizational paradoxes, meaning competing demands that are sometimes our most vexing challenges as leaders, how to be efficient and innovative, how to be focused on the local and reaching globally, how to be mission and purpose-driven and financially sustainable and viable. And we could go on and on. But some of these most vexing challenges are really at the crux of what great leaders need to enable their people and themselves to learn and thrive through. And it's a journey. So I hope people come to the business school, to the university, and certainly to the Warren Bennis leadership experience, or maybe more effectively, leave that experience thinking, how do I purposely learn as a leader? How do I continue that journey in the infinite game? And I hope that's really the takeaway for people. Remind them to keep pushing themselves, keep looking for inspiration. And I hope that we can provide some of that there and on an ongoing basis. Boy, thank you so much. That is a great point to get our listeners resting on the thought, inspire our listeners to attend the 2020 Warren Bennis Leadership Experience on April 1st. And we will provide links. But what I have learned, if you just type Warren Bennis Leadership Experience, you go right to the website but also we'll provide links to the college's registration page. It's going to be held in the Corbett Theater and uh, on April 1st from 5.30 to 7 p.m. There are lots of hotels around that area for our listeners who are outside the area. For those who are inside the area, register today. Let's fill up the Corbett Theater and let's all acknowledge the fact that leadership is an experience and we are all in the efforts of becoming better versions of leaders for ourselves and for those around us. Jack, thank you so much for being in the studio with us today. Mike, thank you. And, and if I can, just one last thing would be thinking about how we can extract from our experience with this project and provide value to the listeners. I think that as a graduate student and someone that is very much in process of becoming and striving to be a better leader. I'm grateful that I have someone like Dean Lewis who is willing to help champion this work and frankly is one of the foremost leaders at the university who is hearing this call from students that want to take leadership into their own hands and that want to grow. So I think just recognizing that in this space and for our listeners, the faculty student and administration in partnership together, co-creating what learning looks like within a university context. I know that that has brought tremendous value and I'm so appreciative and grateful for that within my own experience at the University of Cincinnati. So, 
Dean Lewis, with that, we will also want to thank you for joining us today in the studio and thank you for inspiring the next generation of leaders and further equipping those who find themselves in that leadership position. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity, Mike. And I think you just heard from Jack exactly why I love my job. It is a pleasure working with the next generation of leaders. Well, to our listeners, we thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And even if you cannot attend this event live, we know that there's plenty to rest on to help us in our process of redefining success and leadership and helping us all succeed in relationships, work, community, and life. We do encourage you, if you're listening, to uh, provide some questions, some additional thoughts. I know that fortunately the opportunity that I have to sit with individuals in our studio, whether physically or remotely, is that those who join us in our studio are always open to providing feedback, thoughts, and they love hearing from you, our listeners. So please reach out to us directly at uh, Talent Magnet I on Twitter or the Talent Magnet Institute using hashtag Talent Magnet. And I know Jack and Dean Lewis and myself look forward to our continued conversation and helping you in succeeding in relationships, work, community, and life. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and help spread the word by leaving a review. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet I on Twitter or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please communicate by using hashtag Talent Magnet. Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity.